We meet today in Psalm 107 and Psalm 108. Before I go into these specific Psalms, I would like to talk a little bit about the Deuteronomy section, which is begins here in Psalm 107 and ending in Psalm 150. In this section, we are seeing the perfection and the praise of the Word of God. Dr. Geblin makes this statement concerning this section. The fifth book written by Moses begins with a great retrospect in the plains of Moab, in which inspired Moses reviews God's gracious dealings with his people. They were then facing the land of promise, into which they were soon to enter. In the opening psalm of this Deuteronomy section, the remnant of Israel is seen prophetically regathered and about ready to enter the land. They are looking back over their age-long experiences, how he led them, how he dealt with them, how he humbled them and preserved and kept them. Now, believers of all ages have shared experiences such as these in their personal lives. And by the way, they are also applicable to us. Psalm 107 is a psalm that talks of the goodness of God. Basically, you can simply say, God is good. This psalm celebrates the redemption of Jews from their enemies and the return of the people to the promised land. The psalm was probably written at the end of the Babylonian exile, and while it rejoices in the people coming home from all directions, only a minority of the expatriated Jews actually came back. The Babylonian exile was part of a long-term migration of Hebrews out of Canaan. This is also a prophetic song of the, of the wandering Jews when they will return or they will re-enter the promised land in the future. Also, this psalm has a special meaning for us in our day, as it has blessed many hearts of the saints down through the ages. It has blessed me too. This song naturally divides itself into four stanzas, and the chorus is repeated three times in verse 8, verse 21, and verse 31. Let's talk about the providence of God. You see, God directs the pilgrims. All give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Psalm 107 verse 1 and verse 2. I would like to quickly say, we need more say-so Christians today. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You see, don't go around complaining and criticizing. If you are a child of God, tell others how good God is. He is good. But he doesn't have a good name in the world today, you see. God's reputation is bad. A reputation is, by the way, what people think about you. God does not have many friends in courts among the multitudes of the people in the world. No one is championing or defending God. And a few actually are not willing to testify on his behalf. We need the redeemed of the Lord to say it. God is good. 
all give thanks to the Lord, for the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Why are there so many few people who will take the stand and witness for God? But do you know what? There are many who will stand and even talk about the pagan programs and and their religious persuasions. And their conception of God is actually terrifying. Sometimes God is pictured as a God that will destroy, not save. A God that is difficult to approach. And the one who takes no interest in his creatures. One who does not love them. That is the picture of God depicted by the pagan religions. The average person today lives in a land with a veneer of civilization, a medium of education, with a little Christian culture smeared on like face cream. To him, God is not a person to be cultivated. He is kept at arm's length, you see. He is not considered a good neighbor. He is a very hard to please God. Most people think of God as a sort of a policeman waiting around the corner to catch them in some wrongdoing. That's not how God acts. If anyone is going to say that God is good, he will have to be his redeemed one. God is good. And that is not an axiom. It is a proposition that is subject to proof. It is not a cliche, nor a slogan. It is not a propaganda. It is true. God is good. Now God has ordained that his followers be a testimony to his redeeming grace. And so this mandate for personal testimony is part of the worship and the praise that is due God. But that comes from man. Psalm 107 verse 3. And gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. You see, the Lord is gathering people from the east, west, north and south. Who are they? God is talking about Israel. Psalm 107 verse 4 to verse 7 says, They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses, and he led them forth by the right hand, that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. Now remember that Psalm 107 begins the Deuteronomy section of the Psalms, and it corresponds to the Pentateuch book of Deuteronomy, the last book of the Pentateuch written by Moses. This section now deals with the perfection and praise of God's word. In Deuteronomy 28 verse 64 to verse 65, God already told the Israelites that they would be scattered because of their sins. This is what he says. Then the Lord will scatter you among all the peoples from one end of the earth to the other. And there you shall save other gods, which neither you nor your fathers have known, wood and stone. Among those nations you shall find no rest, nor shall the sole of your foot have a resting place. But there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing eyes, and anguish of soul. Well, this has been the picture of the Jews down through the ages, when they disobeyed God and when they went out of their land. 
But God is going to gather them together once again and make good his promises, which he promised to establish them in the land. So this is a wonderful picture of the providence of God in the lives of his people. This psalm also speaks to me. God reached down in the wilderness of this world and guess what he found? He found me. He saved me. He will do the same for you. If he hasn't already done so, my friend, God is not through with Israel. God is not through with you. He is not through with me. Among other ways, God has helped his people by providing them with a city for the Jewish refugees coming out of Babylon, a city to dwell in, meant a steady supply of food, water, and other goodness from the Lord. Now, modern-day refugees in places around the world are likewise inclined to give thanks to God for cities in which to dwell. To them, the city represents a job, shelter, food, medical aid, and political protection, among other goodnesses. The city is a blessing of God. Think of ways in which the city has been God's gift to you, my friend. And have you also created an environment where those who have been wandering can find meaning and comfort, first by sharing the word of God and then even giving them a place? Psalm 107 speaks also of the pardon of God. You see, God delivers the prisoners. Now, let me make this a soprano solo. It begins on that high note of praise. In fact, it begins with the wondrous chorus. Oh, that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Psalm 107 verse 8. The chorus is at the beginning of this section rather than at the end. As we move down into the psalm, we will notice that God delivers prisoners and we will see a picture of men in prison. This is a description of Israel in the time of trouble, the great tribulation that is coming. If a man is in prison at that time, God will deliver him and will bring him back into the land. Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons. Psalm 107 verse 10. You see, this is a description of the prisoner's helpless condition. But here is Psalm 107, verse 14 to verse 16. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and broke their chains in pieces. All that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gate of bronze, and cut the bars of iron in two. Remember how God brought Simon Peter out of prison and how he delivered Paul and Silas at night. He has also delivered us from the prison house of sin and God has given us a pardon. God has a pardon for everyone, my friend. Someone might say, if there is pardon, why am I not forgiven? Well, even in prison today, a pardon must be accepted, my friend. The prison officials can be actually in a dilemma when they have a man granted a pardon, but the man is refusing that pardon. Some people have said, I would rather stay here. You see, a person has to accept the pardon before he can be free. The Lord has pardon for you, my friend. 
In the Lord Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness of sins and a pardon for our iniquities, but we have to accept it. Have you accepted your forgiveness? Have you accepted your pardon yet? Are you delivered from sin and from the penalty of sin? This psalm is a marvelous picture of God's mercy and think what it is going to mean to Israel even in the future. Many of them will be in prison and God will deliver them and bring them back into their land. Psalm 107 also speaks of the protection of God. What does he do? He dissolves the problems. This should be a brass solo. It opens with the same chorus. All that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of man. Psalm 107 verse 21. And my friend, let's do it. Let's give thanks to the Lord. Verse 22 says, Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Well, God wants you and me to bring an offering of praise and thanksgiving when we come to him. As a result, Hebrews 13 verse 10 to verse 15 says, We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach, for here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. You do not have to wait to go to church, my friend, to give thanks, to give God a sacrifice. That is the fruit of your lips, just to praise him. What can you thank him for? You can thank him for his protection. He has brought you to this very present hour. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. This matter of being a sailor in the days of the psalmist was a dangerous business. A man who went on a voyage couldn't be sure if he was going to come back or not. He was more apt to commit himself to God than people who board on a great ship or on a plane in this our day. Many people give it no thought at all, or they just adopted the philosophy of fatalism, the philosophy of fatalism, and believe that their day to die is predetermined. However, it is wonderful to be able to commit your ways to God, to commit yourself to God at a time when you really do not know whether you will come back or not. And God will provide protection. Psalm 107 also talks about the power of God. You see, what does he do? He delights his people. And so this is another stanza, the final stanza. And how is it begun? It is also begun with the same chorus. All that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Psalm 107 verse 31. This is a chorus and we can all join in it because we need God's power in our days today. In our lives, we need his power. 
It is said of Thomas Aquinas that one day he walked in on the Pope while he was counting the money of the church. The Pope said, Sir Thomas, no longer can the church say to the layman, Silver and gold have I none. Then Thomas wheeled around, started out of the room, and without looking back, he replied, That is right, sir, and no longer can the church say to the lamb, Rise up and walk. How true. Today we have a problem. We are conscious of problems. We are not conscious of power. The early church was conscious of the power of God. Today we are beautiful, decorated in style, with all of our buildings, with all of our programs, our services and our propaganda, but we have no power. Power is what the church of Jesus Christ needs. Power is what each individual believer, each individual Christian need. One reason we are so powerless is that we are not praising the Lord as we should. The psalmist say, Let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. Psalm 107, verse 32. You see, we need to praise God. Praise goes before power. It puts gas in the tank and sends the rocket up into the sky. Praise is what we need. Psalm 107, verse 43. Whoever is wise will observe these things, and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. A little girl defined loving kindness by saying, If you ask your mother for a piece of bread and butter and she gives it to you, that is kindness. But if she puts jam on it without you asking her, that is loving kindness. My friend, the loving kindness of God is lavished upon us who belong to him. He will not just give us what we have asked. He will give us more than what we have asked for. Therefore, we praise him. Psalm 108 is a wonderful psalm. It is Israel's praise and possession. This is another of David's psalm, and it is a very beautiful one, wonderful psalm. The first half is the same as Psalm 57, and the last is like Psalm 60. For this reason, it has come under a lot of criticism and has been judged as a sort of a patchwork. However, it is not that at all. If the portions of the other Psalms have been joined together, God has a purpose in it. And we will see that purpose when we read God's word. Verse 1 of Psalm 108 says, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and give thanks. I will sing and give praise, even with my glory. You see, this is Israel's remnant, redeemed, brought home, praising and exalting the Lord. We saw this in the previous psalm. God is going to bring Israel back into the land. He will gather them from all over the world. And when they are back in the land, they will praise and glorify God. Verse 7 of Psalm 108 says, God has spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will divide Shechem and measure out the valley of Succoth. Now, the last eight verses of Psalm 108 are actually identical to the last eight verses of Psalm 60 and show that God is the sovereign ruler over the nations. 
He does whatever he wishes with the tribes of Israel and with the neighboring states. He does the same with you and me. Now, these, I believe, are the words of the delivered remnant. When it says, God has spoken in his holiness, I will rejoice. I will divide Shechem and measure out the valley of Succoth. They are the words of the redeemed remnant of Israel. They see themselves receiving their inheritance and dividing the land among the tribes. What a time of a rejoicing that will be. And it will come to pass because God has promised. God is not a man that you should lie. He is not a son of man that you should repent. Whatever he has said, he will cause it to prosper. And whatever he has promised you, my friend, he causes also to prosper. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.